Hello, welcome to episode two of Biggest Adventure Yet. This is exciting. It feels like it's really happening now, this podcast thing. <laughs> uh, today we have a really awesome guest. Her name is Katie Quinn. She specializes in food, travel, and exploring curiosities. She's been on the Today Show and Chopped on Food Network, amongst other things. She has a YouTube channel and a podcast, and she has a book out called Bread, Wine, and Cheese. And I'm lucky enough to call her a friend. <laughs> she is also a new mother, which is why she's here on this show. Though I could talk to her about so many different things, and we do talk about a lot, which is why this episode is a little bit long. Whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, I hope you enjoy just a little bit of a longer walk, or, you know, a little more time to fold that laundry, or, you know, drive to the store, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Katie is from the United States, though she currently lives in Toronto, Canada. And since she is so well-versed in media and presenting, she was really great to have as my second guest since she brought her own interviewing skills to the table. So you not only hear about Katie's motherhood journey, which includes being pregnant in three countries and a very unexpected birth, but you hear a bit more about my story as well. We talk about the differences of living in different countries, a use for olive oil that I had never heard about, <laughs> you'll see, and rebranding mom brain into rockstar brain. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Biggest Adventure Yet, a podcast for adventurous, creative, and global humans raising the next generation. I'm Mari, your host, a new-ish mother who lives abroad, thrives on travel, creativity, and the outdoors. Chase down a brand new adventure, step up, step out, and enter in. We are here with Katie. I'm so excited to talk to you because... We haven't seen each other for, I think I was trying to remember, I think the last time we actually saw each other was VidCon. Yes, I think that that was it. I think that that was it. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you too. Mari, I like think about you all the time. It's kind of crazy that it has been that long since we've been together in person and like had a proper conversation because, yeah, I don't know. I, you're one of those people I like think about a lot. I think that maybe it's just, I don't know. You're cool. <laughs> we have certain things in common. And anyway, this is such a this is such a treat. Yeah, well, likewise, I've been following your journey. And even though we haven't been talking, just, you know, following you along your social yeah, media right, and ditto. seeing all the stuff you've been up to. You've been up to a lot. So VidCon is a YouTube convention for anyone who didn't know. Good um, context, I think that good was, context. Yeah, it was um, 2016, maybe. I was trying to remember. That sound, yes, that would be right. Because then we moved to London in 2017. Yeah. So I think it was yeah, right, right before we took off. Yeah. Yeah. And so before that, you were living in New York. And that's where we originally met. Because I lived in New York for a period of time. But you lived there for like 10 years or something. Yeah. How long were you there? I, I think of you as like being there for a while too. Well, just two years. Which I feel like for New oh, York no is just way. like a, sh a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So you moved from Seattle to New York, right? No, I was living in LA before New York. Oh, yeah. okay. But I loved it. It was just like, that's one of my favorite two years of my life. Oh, <laughs> I really? left wanting, yeah. wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, New York is such a such a ugh, awesome and special place. That being said, my partner and I talk about if we'd want to move back, and it's I'll never say never, but like we're both like, Meh. ten years there was plenty. <laughs> we yeah, can we can I, move on. <laughs> I feel like with a kid would be different too, but that's something we can get into in a little bit (laughs) yeah right so you moved to London after New York and why I forget why again did you move to London so we moved to London um my partner Connor and I had just gotten engaged and then his job was like hey we want to move you to London and he was like cool 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 i'm about to marry this woman like i hope that she's down with going so at the time i was a full-time youtuber at that by that time and um but you know doing branded campaigns and stuff like that and i felt like well yeah i guess hypothetically i could go anywhere with my camera and the internet and um and make it work so let's put that to the test so I agreed and hopped on the plane. <laughs> That's so awesome. And you, is that where you went to culinary school? So no. So I went to culinary oh, right. school in Paris. Oh, right. Um, right. And oh, that yeah. was, um, that would have been 2015. Oh, so, right. so I, I just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. right. That was like in the midst of my New York life. I had a, like a, the little Paris interstitial there. Yeah. Oh, never a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it was so great. And then, so you're quite the international liver. <laughs> That's the wrong term. You've lived a lot in a lot of countries. <laughs> um, I don't know. You... I consider myself an international liver. Yeah. Like... <laughs> international liver. <laughs> uh, I talk to a, a toddler most of the day, so... <laughs> yeah exactly well and liver has yeah it's not your fault that liver has multiple definitions so it's yeah exactly (laughs) and then just getting the story straight for everyone and myself so after london you moved to italy because you wanted to get your italian passport right so it was after about three and a half years in london we moved to southern italy yeah it's because you're was it your grandparents are from italy or no great grandparents my yeah great-grandparents were born in Italy, immigrated to the States, um, and had my grandma. That's so cool that you were able to get your Italian passport through them. <laughs> it's when I found out that I could, I was like, this is wild. And it feels, it feels like so long ago, but I, I've learned so much about my family, um, through that experience and that journey that it's great. I'm glad that Italy allows that tie yeah. to result in citizenship. Although, yeah, not all countries are quite that liberal with um, citizenship laws. No, no. Yeah, no, that's so fortunate for you. And what a cool experience to go do and find out more about your family. And oh, if anyone of you is listening has um, Italian relatives, you should check into if you could do that, because seems like a great way to be able to go live anywhere in Europe <laughs> once you get that passport uh, right. that was a big so part good. of the motivation yeah for sure you put you put your finger on it um but I I've done a lot of videos well a handful of videos anyway on my YouTube channel about how you know if you're eligible for citizenship and kind of what that process is like so yeah if anyone listening is interested um go to my YouTube channel check it out Q Katie. yeah I watched some of those videos it looked like quite the process but 
She also has a lot of other videos about just so many things to do in Italy and London and all over. So definitely go check them out if you're interested in anything like that. And then, oh, so bringing you to the present, which I guess is um, more what the show is about, although I would love to just talk about travel and living abroad as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So in Italy, you got pregnant. Exciting when you're living there, right? Yes. 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 You had your pregnancy in three different countries, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> almost, almost to the week of trimesters like almost exactly first trimester was in Italy second trimester was in the states and third trimester was here in Canada do you mind talking a little bit about how like the differences of or you know kind of how that came to be that you're in these three different countries and um any notice changes you notice it or noticed or things you found interesting yes oh man I learned so so much not it, I feel like it was a mini masterclass in uh, global healthcare systems. Um, but also, it was so interesting to um, experience the cultural nuances of pregnancy um, and kind of like how it is to be a pregnant person in each of those uh, cultures. And that includes what's okay to eat and what's not okay to eat or drink or act like or do or kinds of exercise i mean you would think that this is all based on very hard science and that you know it would be the same internationally and it's not it's not uh so that was really interesting i was kind of like wait what am i supposed to do what should i do what's good for me what's good for the baby i don't know because everyone's telling me different things my italian OBGYN told me this, and now my American OBGYN telling me this. For example, um, herbal tea uh, in mm-hmm. Italy, they were like, "Don't don't drink any tea that includes herbal tea. Like, no chamomile, right. no, you know." Culturally, it was acceptable to like, yeah, have have a glass of wine if you're feeling a little stressed. Like, it's okay, have a glass of wine. It's like, you know, <laughs> nothing. It, it's fine. And mm-hmm. in America, it's like. No, don't touch alcohol. You will, you know, your baby will come out deformed if you even look at alcohol. But, you know, unwind before you go to bed with drinking a mug of chamomile tea. And I'm like, what? My, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is the opposite of what I was just told. So, so that's an example. So, right. So we were living in Italy and got pregnant and it was not a surprise. Like we were, we were trying to get pregnant at that time. And actually, earlier in the year, I had had a miscarriage in Italy. And um, that is relevant, uh, which I'll share with you in in just a bit, regarding the healthcare facilities in the area, uh, which is part of the reason we decided to leave. But um, we, listen, we loved living in Italy. It was awesome. (laughs) We were doing, um, like, we were doing freelance work. Um, living in a very low cost of living place in um, a little town called Trani in Puglia, which is in southern Italy on the heel of the boot. Um, We lived in a tiny town right on the Adriatic Sea. Just the way of life there is to take things slowly, enjoy each other and food and just a really rich 
life um, and lifestyle that was awesome and so different from New York or London. And it was, it was really wonderful. And we, I think we could have stayed for a long time uh, or at least longer than we were there exactly a year in the end. But the reason that we were like, okay, well, we're going to go <laughs> is that after I found out I was pregnant and we were like, uh, we don't really want to give birth to the baby here because the, um, and this, I mean, this is not a blanket statement about everywhere in Southern Italy um, and certainly not everywhere in Italy. We actually considered moving up to Milan because we'd heard through friends really good things about healthcare up there. But when I had the miscarriage, um, it involved needing to go to the hospital nearby to um, for the removal of the embryo. And it was such a horrible experience, Mari. Oh, oh no. It was really, really, I, it, the, the hospital facilities were not um, what I would have wanted. And yeah, and just like, like working there, the people working there um, were clearly just like going through their day of like what they had to do. There was, there was none of the like, bedside manners that I think we we're, mm. we might be used to right. and it was just a bad experience and so I was like well I don't really want to give birth in this hospital here oh also though the hospital at the town where we were living didn't even have an OBGYN actually they didn't have one on mm. staff so so I had right. to go to um the next town over right. to have that procedure done and and would have to do that if we if we stayed for the birth so uh, so basically, my partner got a job offer right around this time where we were trying to figure out what to do um, with a company based in Toronto. And we were like, okay, this is probably a good excuse to be closer to family. And, um, and so we moved to the States for that period of time when we were um, waiting for the visa. So, well... Okay, that's not entirely true. When we were in the States, we could have chosen to then just stay in the States. This was when, like, this was before he, like, signed on for certain with um, this company in Canada. So we were in the States, and and I went to see a doctor there. So, again, experiencing the, the healthcare system, um, second trimester in the States. In the end, we decided he would take this job. We would move to Canada. So came to Toronto um, and signed up with a midwives clinic. Midwives are different also. That's one of the many things different in Canada than in mm. the States. Um, right. And it's kind of like OBGYN or midwife, you know, like 50-50. What, what yeah, do you want? That's how it is in New Zealand as well. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, then did, yeah. you, did you have a midwife? or? Yeah, you... just a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. then my pregnancy got complicated, but, <laughs> but usually, yeah, you pick, it's free to have a midwife or you could pay to have an OBGYN. Yeah. Okay. So Interesting. Most people go for a midwives. Yeah. That sounds, that yeah. sounds more akin to how it is here in Canada um, than, than in the state, certainly. Uh, one thing that was appealing to me about choosing to have a midwife here was that 
I could choose to have the baby wherever I wanted to. So I could choose to have it at home if I wanted, or I could go to a birth center, or I could go to the hospital. Whereas if I chose an OBGYN, I could only go to the hospital. And I was like, well, I want options because yeah. I don't know. Um, and I did not want to have a home birth. What, what I always from the beginning, I was like, okay, I'll do birth center or hospital, depending on what shakes out. Um, so I'll give a really quick uh, recap of the birth, which was that uh, she came fast and furious, my daughter, um, and yeah. gave us no time to relocate. And so I did end up having a home birth oh, because wow. she was just like, boom, <laughs> well, I'm here. <laughs> so yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a two and a half hour labor and we called, or my partner called our midwife and was like, uh, so Katie's in labor and you know, they're used to labors being really long, but then I talked to her and she was like, uh, I'm on my way there right now. And she came 15 <laughs> minutes before I started pushing. So it was, oh my gosh, that's it was, crazy. yeah, it was very intense. And, but all in all, um, gr like a positive experience, but one that if mm -hmm. you had told me ahead of time, that that's how I would give birth, I would have been terrified. I would have been yeah. absolutely terrified. Like the midwife came, she did her assessment was like, are you okay with having a home birth? Because I think that's what you need to do because this baby's ready to come out. And I was like, yes, I can't imagine moving. So yes, please like get this baby out of me. I, I cannot imagine getting in a car right now. And she turned to Connor, my partner and was like, boil some water get some rags and get some olive oil. And we were like, we we're like, what, what is this little house on the prairie? So like, <laughs> if, if I, again, if I knew that that's how it would have gone down, I would have been like, no, that's not what I want. That that's, that's too intense. Like that's scary. Um, but if there's something I've learned through all of this is like, you can't plan, you just can't plan anything. No. And it sounds like your experience was very much the same way. And so your son came too, too early. Is that what happened? Really fast before I'm distracted. Um, okay. well, I'm just curious what the olive oil was for. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was to uh, bust out the terms of parts of the body. Actually, I don't even know if I know how to say this word right. The perineum. Oh, yeah. Is I'm saying that right? I think so. Per yeah, yeah, it's the part that can rip, um, right? When you're giving birth, and so they put olive oil on it as the baby is coming out to help with the stretching, and so hopefully to avoid rippage. Right. Oh, that's so good. In the but they in a hospital, but they have something else, or do they even do that at all? That's a really good question, Mari. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I would assume that they put something on it to... Yeah. yeah I don't know. Hopefully. And I ended up having a C-section. This is why I know nothing about uh, <laughs> national birth. Um, I mean, I guess besides what I read beforehand. <laughs> that sounded funny because it sounded like that'd be something that they would have told you in Italy. Like, oh yeah, just put olive oil on that it. That is the most Italian <laughs> thing, isn't it? Right. So, I, yeah. and I think just to clarify too, that it was for like, um, just general, like lubrication, like the warm, right. like the towels with the water to warm, to like soften the skin yeah. for stretching. Right. 
and all so it was all for like general lubrication and and right. easier oh, that's good well thank you so much for sharing that birth story i feel like that's obviously something that did not go as you anticipated <laughs> and um, i'm really glad it sounds like it was a good outcome and your midwife was able to get there yeah. and you know you got all the stuff you got all the olive oil so well, it was well, worked out all the olive oil and so it's a happy story but like nothing ever goes as planned right that's yeah no. the takeaway <laughs> such a good takeaway I mean I think that's like everyone I know or birth stories that I've heard it feels like it's the rare occasion where it seems like things just went as planned and people you know actually gotta do everything they wanted that right. seems um, more unusual and maybe more often for like not the first birth I feel like first births in particular particular seem always like a little bit nobody <laughs> you know you just don't really know what's going on the roller coaster is yeah. real yeah yeah so what so what is, do you mind sharing how how yours did not go as planned oh yes back to that <laughs> tried to just distract you with the olive yeah, oil no, question exactly. but <laughs> <laughs> um I was also thinking too I was like oh I wonder I feel like since you um do a lot of cooking and stuff and you lived in Italy it was probably really nice olive oil <laughs> okay so this is actually a funny story Mari because uh so the so Connor grabbed the olive oil that was just like the regular cooking olive oil, kind of the right, yeah, not the not the fine the fine stuff, right. And yeah. um, like in the midst of contractions, I like noticed that he got the lesser quality olive oil, and uh, <laughs> and like between contractions, I was like, Connor, go get the good stuff, <laughs> like. <laughs> I I only want to welcome our baby with the good stuff. So he went back and got like the, you know, the fi the finishing olive oil. To, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> to help lubricate the situation. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's so good. And did it work? Like it did? It seem like it actually did the job. Yeah, it it did. I mean, yeah, there I had like very very little um, issues with like yeah ripping and stuff like that um so it totally it totally yeah. did the job anyway we are still you were still using olive oil <laughs> <No. in deterrent. laughs> this is gonna be like the whole the whole interview is just talking about this olive oil um it's very fascinating i well, it's just the first time i've ever heard of it i've never heard of um that and i don't know if that's a canadian thing or yeah, I don't, I or would something i just ha a home birth thing or, in general it, or, i mean it might be I like a know. home birthing because I bet they use yeah. some other kind of lubricant um, at the hospital. But right. Anyway, okay, back to you. I'm, I'm okay. Back to me. There's um, just suspense. You're leaving me in suspense. Everything in my pregnancy was fine um, until it wasn't. Right. I guess is how it always goes. But I think it was. I saw my midwife at like maybe 28 weeks or something, and she said, like she did a little check, and she, uh, she was like, hmm, I think I'm gonna schedule you in for like a. a ultrasound to just get like a checkup um obviously I think she knew something was going on but she didn't relay that to me um and then I got the ultrasound and they found that my baby was like really small he was like fourth percentile oh, wow. so that was pretty scary and they said uh no matter what when babies are that small they're gonna come early it's just kind of how it happens so we were kind of like we knew he would come early but we didn't know how much and we didn't really know anything else about the situation or why he was small or what was going on. Um, so the midwife set me up with regular 
checkups at the hospital with an obstetrician. I went to the first one. Well, we had like one initial one and then she set me up with like regular checkups. I went to the first checkup and it was just supposed to be like a quick um, do some tests. And then I was on my way to work after that. And I got there and they said, um, well, they did a few blood pressure checks and they kind of kept checking my blood pressure and got a few different people to come in and check my blood pressure. And then all of a sudden they said, all right, um, we're going to admit you to the hospital now. And <laughs> I didn't even really know what that meant. So I was like, excuse me? Like, oh, I got to go to work, actually. So they're like, mm. I think they're like, I think you want to call them and tell them like, you probably won't be back. Um, so I had, I mean, at that point, I had planned to work at least a month more, I think. Um, yeah. And so that was, just, if it was just so off guard. And so what they wanted to do was just to keep me in the hospital and just to keep checking on me. Um, and just have me there in case anything happened but so I guess my blood pressure was really high which I had no idea about I felt fine as far really? as I knew yeah um but it was high enough that they were worried and I think that was, it was combined with having the small baby so I was gonna ask you if you if you felt if you you felt anything that was would have been any indication but without without the doctors telling you you would have never known no, I would have never known. And I, I mean, I think maybe I kind of had thought maybe the baby was small, but I didn't, at first pregnancy, I didn't know. Totally, um, yeah. Yeah, so I was in the hospital for about two weeks. Um, the whole time they were checking, you know, they did so many tests of checking up on me. And then kind of in the same way, one day they were just like, okay, like <laughs> I was just getting ready for bed, um, you know, doing, it was in the night and they came in so a nurse came in with a wheelchair and said we're gonna wheel you to delivery suite I was like um excuse me <laughs> basically I had preeclampsia and then it turned to help which is kind of a more severe version of preeclampsia and the only cure for that is to to have the baby wow so that's kind of what happened and um i also had gotten a thing called obstetrics cholestasis which is uh where you just something to do with the liver and i can't quite tell you what it is but it's caused me to be itchy all over which was like actually horrendous oh, <laughs> that was my. probably the worst part for me wow anyway so i think it was it was all of these things and they were just like right we're gonna get the baby out so they um were like get your partner here and um in three hours uh, you'll be in to theater to get to have a c-section so wow. and that's how that happened wow. <laughs> which was, yeah. okay i have so many questions for you one when you were in the hospital room just like hanging out like before they came in and and took you to delivery were you allowed to like do anything be up and like doing stuff or were, were you they like stay in bed that was a weird part because I yeah it was pretty weird I felt like I was like kind of like a prisoner there yeah, <laughs> but I, right. they kept you know because I was like am I allowed to like go on a walk right like, can I leave the hospital mm -hmm. and they were they kept being like you're not a prisoner but like we don't really want you to leave um so I could like do walks around the hospital ground occasionally I walked around the block but it felt like I was always like oh I'm doing something bad <laughs> <laughs> um and they let me out once to go to antenatal class, which I, um, so that was nice of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was mostly in bed. I was also, I think at that point, I kind of realized that my body wasn't feeling the best. I also didn't sleep well at all there. So I was super tired all day, usually when I was there. So 
It's a lot of rest. I was watching some good um, TV shows to take my mind off of yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is preeclampsia something that like, I guess I'm not familiar enough with that. If you were to have another child, is this something that would return likely? Or is this like a, you don't know when it'll hit and when it won't kind of thing? They, so the chances, if you've had it once, the chances you have it, will have it again are higher. Okay. Um, it's not a hundred percent that you will, but it's more likely. And so there are a couple of things for preeclampsia that you can do second time. Like you can take, um, like aspirin and calcium. I know that's mm. what they told me, at least if I was to get pregnant again, you take those the whole way through and it lessens the chance. Um, however, I think the, the things like obstetrics, cholestasis, you can't prevent and it's more likely to have that again and then help i don't know if you can i don't really know i don't know enough about it but it is definitely a worry for me if mm -hmm. i want to have another baby mm -hmm. so yeah but and yeah anyway so the long story short baby he came 30 at 33 weeks um so seven weeks early and he was in NICU the neonatal, neonatal intensive care unit for four weeks Wow. So it was all a bit of an intense experience, but he was healthy and good, and he's doing really well now. Yay. So I would like, yeah, if I could have had, like, you know, looked into the future and seen him now when I was just in the hospital for two weeks waiting and wondering what was going to happen, I would have felt so much better. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess you just never know. So yeah. it turned out okay. I'm yeah. so glad when he was still there for the four weeks after he was born were you also in the hospital or did you go home and then like just go to and from the hospital yeah mostly i was at home i was there i think three days after he was born okay just kind of i think that's standard after a c-section mm -hmm. which at the time seemed it felt so weird to go home and while he was still there you know it's I, like I, I leaving him yeah. but then yeah every single day just came back to the hospital and then it was kind of weird like at the end before we were discharged or he was discharged they had my partner and I come stay at the hospital and with him in this little room and that was the weirdest time because you're only supposed to be in there for like a few days tops and we were in there for 10 days and it was like crazy <laughs> it was just a really it was a weird time but um anyway yeah it all worked out I think they kind of forgot about us <laughs> No, no, I don't know. Not such a no, bad thing, because like... then you could be with, just with him. I mean. Yeah, yeah, good and bad. I mean, no, it was good to be with him, but then we're still in the hospital setting, so I think that was weird. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, yeah, we had really good care, and um, it was it worked out. Well, so what's the main feeling when you, like, think back on that, or, like, you know, as you're telling me this story, what's the main feeling? Is it? relief or does like you know that he is healthy and like that it all worked out is it like traumatic to like relive when you're telling it to me again like what what are you experiencing when you share this story um also I like how this has turned to you interviewing me <laughs> this is good <laughs> um I think Oh, I, it definitely still feels a bit traumatic. Uh -huh. It feels, it, it, yeah, I think when I think about it, I mean, at the time, you're just kind of, 
on autopilot and you're just going through the motions but then it was later on I realized oh actually that was a pretty traumatic experience but yeah yeah, there's also the relief obviously that it it did work out I feel like I never just knew enough of what was going on so I think next time if there is a next time I'll I'll try and do a lot more research on my own to just know what's going on and kind of understand and feel better about things well I think you put your your finger on it for me with a lot of this stuff is like just feeling out of control like um Mm. throughout a lot of it even even the journey like to get pregnant was a journey for me of feeling really out of control I think that like you know birth control makes us feel like contraceptives make us feel in control because we Mm -hmm. can control not getting pregnant and then I just assumed like like oh okay I'm off birth control like this is gonna happen and then you know when it didn't right away and um wanting it to like that that whole experience for me was like oh yeah this is quite the reminder that like humans you do not control (laughs) this you know there's like Mm -hmm. the the mystery element um right to the whole thing I found that really interesting too because I feel like I grew up my whole life thinking it was so easy to get pregnant because it's just like Like be careful don't get pregnant yeah I was like oh you know okay I'm gonna be so careful Uh and then when I actually wanted to it's like oh actually it's not that easy you know when you start learning about it it's like there's a very specific day of the month that like this is the prime day and the time and you're like um people who get pregnant on an accident it's like wow that was um actually like hard to do yes (laughs) yeah yeah what was that process for you of trying to get pregnant so I like to be in control and I like to plan things and like like we just talked about this is not a thing that could happen that way um so so it was, I think, hard for, for me in that way. Um, but then when I tried to use the tools to help me feel in control, it actually kind of backfired. Like, so, you know, the ovulation strips, um, I tried yeah. those and like that, it, it actually kind of just made me go like a little crazy because I was like looking at it and be like, oh, <laughs> like, and, and so like, we would like try that for a month and and it didn't work. And I forget maybe after a couple of months of trying that, I, Connor was like, maybe we just tried not using that. Cause this isn't fun. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah. and then I, it was when I just decided to not do that stuff anymore and like not try and not be so obsessive um, mm-hmm. is when that happened. And then as I shared we then we had a miscarriage and so um I'm so sorry about that well thank you um when I did get pregnant again then um and we went to oh okay so this was like okay a whole story because being in Italy and not really knowing the healthcare system and also like never being pregnant before I didn't know when to do things um so I think I was 10 weeks in when I went to oh because here's the other thing Mari I, okay so yeah. <laughs> I don't know like the the people listening to this I'm not sure like where in in their journey they'll be but I didn't know how to calculate how many weeks pregnant I was right because this was all mm. new to me and so 
I was calculating it from my missed, the missed period. Um, uh, and then I like read, was reading something online that was like, oh no, you calculate it from, what is it? The first day of your last, the last period that you had. Right. I didn't know that. And so then oh, I so did that the would math. be like a few weeks different. Yeah, I just added yeah. on a few weeks and I was like, whoa. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 10 weeks pregnant. Like, holy moly, I should probably <laughs> go to a doctor. And then there was the whole issue of like, there wasn't a local doctor where oh, I was right. living in Southern Italy. And so all this stuff. So anyway, when I finally got to a doctor and they did the ultrasound and they were like, there's no heartbeat. And so that's how I learned that, that uh, I had the miscarriage the first time around. So the second time around, I was like, I am going, I'm getting there early. Like I am as soon yeah. as, as soon as I can go to a doctor, um, to verify this, uh, I'm there. So I was all on top of it, which, you know, the doctor was like, the embryo is really small, which is kind of normal mm. because you're here early. I forget how many weeks along I was. Well, I want to say six weeks or something. Anyway, he was like, it's it's a really small embryo, which could be normal because you because you are however far far along I was. He was like, or like there there's kind of a there's kind of a high likelihood that that it's not a viable embryo again. And he's of course saying all this in Italian, which I can speak. Right. But I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, right. But in in not many people speak English in Puglia where I was. So I, I learned right. learned the language quickly. Um, but you know, it just makes all the medical stuff a little more like wow, wow, wow. Like so he's telling you this, like, oh my god, okay. And just remember, like, as Connor and I are leaving the appointment that time around, he like crosses his fingers like this and is like Ditingrochate. It's like fingers crossed and i was like okay the doctor literally just said fingers crossed <laughs> oh, that no. i'm not having another oh, miscarriage no. and yeah. and that was actually that was the hardest part because he was like come back in 10 days and we'll do another ultrasound and we'll see mm -hmm. and so those those next 10 days that was the hardest of any of the journey for us honestly it was the harder than the first miscarriage which just brought us like just took us totally by surprise and then was, mm -hmm. was really hard but like the fact was there um it was harder than mm -hmm. the journey of trying to get pregnant because it was just felt mm -hmm. like so out of our control this was like oh my god like i think that it's another miscarriage which would be so awful but i don't know so i would like still like should i be hopeful should i not be hopeful it was like the yeah. the oh, conflicting the emotions of that like yeah. complete in between time um i would say that those 10 days were actually the hardest part of like that entire journey for us yeah the following appointment though he was like oh, good news it grew looks like it looks like oh, it's so good <laughs> i was like oh my god relief gosh. relief talk about relief oh, the, yeah yeah oh my gosh those yeah it must have felt like the longest 10 days of your life just yeah, it really did oh my gosh that's it's such a emotional roller coaster I feel like the whole as soon as you become pregnant oh, I'm so glad it worked out the doctor has no idea that that's just gonna stick with you forever the fingers exactly. crossed <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. um okay yeah. so question for you when did you feel like it was real the pregnancy? Yes. Like, I will have um, a, human, a human child. 
Right. I think, uh, I mean, it felt, well, that's a good question. I feel like maybe around, probably around the time I told my work, you know, like when I started telling more people openly, yeah. like this is going to happen. I, that was, I waited until like 20 weeks or something until I told my work. So yeah, I think probably around the time, that time. Yeah. yeah I felt like, okay, it's happening. What about for you? I want to say I don't remember now the specifics but I want to say around the time that I was starting to show which was coincided with when I could kind of feel her move inside me a little bit right that's when I was like oh okay yes this is actually happening yeah that what a crazy feeling of the feeling the movement for the first time (laughs) oh yeah yeah and the first time too, you're like, wait, did I really just feel that, or did I just make it up? <laughs> yeah, you're but like, then is when that you gas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then when you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a little being. It's yeah, totally wild. Yeah. All right. So when you're in the U.S., I am curious, like, how did you kind of slot into having health insurance there, or did you always have? Did you keep it while you were abroad, or did you no. just have to get it? yeah yeah we did not have it while we were abroad and remember before we were in italy we'd been in london for almost four years so we'd been out of the u.s health care system for for some years and um obviously though knowing i was pregnant especially we were like well we gotta have something Uh, like when we land we need to be covered in some way uh so yeah we just like got regular whatever health care that we did through the internet (laughs) it was like a pretty basic it was a pretty basic plan but um yeah and you know then it's been it's been totally free in canada and and in italy because of the experience that i had um after the miscarriage in italy the first time around i actually did decide to go with a private OBGYN in or a private gynecologist in italy the second time around and even then like it was so much more affordable than in the states right health insurance so like that one even with uh yes that one trimester in the states with health insurance was exponentially more expensive than either italy or canada or the two combined. <laughs> right. That's so interesting. It just really underscored. It just really underscored the, the differences in healthcare and, and the way that those societies think of healthcare and what it should be mm-hmm. and how it should be available. Right. I feel like not many people have had that same experience as you as having a pregnancy in three different countries, but what a good way to kind of, you're actually really weighing up the the different systems kind of back to back. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering when you got to Canada, did you have, you're already in your third or in your third trimester about. um, Yes. Did you have a hard time finding a midwife? Because I know in New Zealand, the midwives like get booked up really quickly. I tried to find mine at five weeks and at there were a bunch of them that were already like, nope, fall or fall. Um, yeah. So I was wondering, how do you get into that? So I think that I totally lucked out because um, there were no availabilities when I had called um, this midwives clinic, but I 
I like got on their wait list and also they were like, wait, you don't even live here yet. So like, <laughs> let us know when you actually yeah. live here. Um, and also maybe we'll like have an opening or something. So I did, I followed up actually when we, it was before we had moved here, but it was when we just signed the lease for our, our apartment. And I was like, we have a lease for an apartment. So, you know, we're going to be paying rent, you know, starting this day. So, um, you know, I'm still really interested. And, and my understanding with wait list things, and now that she's born, this also goes for daycare stuff, is like you get on a wait list, you follow up and you follow up and you follow up. And that's the only way that being on the wait list even means anything. Because otherwise, you're just right. a name on a wait list. But if you follow up, then that being on the wait list kind of like secures your spot, if you will, and kind of like that you're a person who has right. shown interest. But it's really the follow up that that means everything. And so I followed up and the woman was like, oh, actually, we're having a meeting later today, looking at looking closer at the schedules for, you know, around the time of your due date. So um, so. I'll let you know. And then, yeah. And I got in and I'm just so glad I uh, had just the most wonderful midwife and yeah, really, really grateful for how that all worked out. I'm so glad. And that definitely good advice of following up and you kind of just have to be your own advocate, right. For all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's crazy. All the, the wait list, daycare, especially that's another one. I have a question for you. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I, was so happy and excited to hear that you're starting this podcast. And um, again, I'm like, as I talked about a little bit when we first started chatting, like I've, you know, I feel like I have a fair amount in common with you enough that like, I feel invested in your career and your life and what, and I always like to kind of keep tabs on what's Mari Johnson up to now. And so I, was excited and intrigued by your decision to start this podcast because as a creator myself, I have kind of grappled with how and if to, you know, incorporate um, and fold in this, um, I don't want to say new identity, because I want to say additional identity to the identities, right, the right. identities that I yeah. already have and am mm -hmm. growing another branch of my be my who I am as a tree, if you will, that was a weird metaphor. But you know, what I mean? anyway, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you're with me. You're with me. So this is yeah. something that I've really kind of like, given a lot of energy to grappling with and so how did you what what has your journey been in that and and how did you decide to to start this podcast well oh yeah I was would have asked you a similar question in how you're dealing with being a creative person and taking on this new role as a mother because I think at least for me it's changed becoming a mother has just changed yeah. everything uh, just about and especially uh, having been someone who made a lot of content about travel, I think, well, the pandemic and then also becoming a mother really changed that. But, and it was at the same time, you know, so um, that was part of it. But it's been definitely a struggle and kind of reconnecting with that side of myself, the creative side and the side that wants to um, put out or, you know, make things. And I think one of the things I've always 
love to do is to help people like when I made travel videos you know it's like giving people the tips and helping them travel and do things and that's something I always enjoyed and I think it's you can only really talk about what you know um I don't know at first I thought uh, I'm definitely not going to make content about being a mother like that's not something I want to do like that's just gonna be my personal life and I'll do other things but then as time went on something that I was just really drawn to was the wanting of community and feeling kind of just wanting to connect with other people in my situation because I was just it was feeling kind of lonely and I felt like obvious you know I know I'm not alone and there's other people in the world having similar experiences and people that I know you know that are having kids as creative traveler type people and so it was kind of just started from there and I you know just I mean the first idea was something I really wanted to do was something I still hope to do is uh to have like retreats or something where I can bring you know would love to bring together people and actually be with each other in real Wait, life with the and kids or just the just the moms I think without the kids <laughs> yeah that would be a very yeah, different ideally. kind of retreat I mean <laughs> it would be very different I mean maybe at some point but um I find like connecting with people when my son is present is very difficult for me because so much of my brain is taken up thinking about him and like what is he doing and like where is he running off to now and I just find like even you know meeting up with a friend um, who also has a kid it's like impossible so just having this podcast and having the opportunity to have kind of these deeper conversations with people and learning and hearing and not being distracted I found really appealing and something I wanted and I love listening to podcasts and other people's stories, so I was figured other people might enjoy it too. So that's kind of how it started, but it's taken me a long time to get to this place of actually making the podcast. I think I thought of it first months ago, and it's just kind of been this really slow burn just because that's the amount of mental capacity I've had is just kind of, it's been a very slow yes. process of coming back to myself and I've had I, I feel I've been very fortunate in not having I didn't need I didn't have to go straight back to a job in any sense um, and so I've had the time to really give myself to feel like I was ready to do something um, and so I have so much admiration to all the people out there who just go straight back to work and are doing all these things and I just it's been hard for yeah. me so Shout out to everyone who's doing all the yes. hard work. Yes, agreed. And so I'm curious for you. Um, I've I've seen like you've done a few things. Um, but how have you felt? I mean, you said it was you're not sure yet how to kind of fold in yeah. this. I'm still pretty. I feel pretty lost in that part of my yeah. life right now. Um, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm still, I'm definitely still figuring that out um, because kind of like you, it's like, well, my content's about like things that I love and things I'm interested in and, and wanting to share that. Mm -hmm. And um, Serafina is such a huge part of that right now, but I, I always told myself, and I think I was really vocal about this, like with friends and like just other people. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make content about being a mom. Like, uh, no. And so I've like put that out there so much that I'm like, uh, now that I'm kind of like, well, that's what I would like to talk <laughs> yeah. about sometimes. Like, uh, yeah. I'm kind of um, maybe coming to terms with that a little bit. 
Um, also, I think that I was feeling um, ready for a professional pivot even before Serafina came along. And so now that she's here, I am like, well, now's potentially the time to just pivot everything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm rethinking a lot of that. And um, I, like you, am in a wonderful situation where I have not had to dive back into a full-time job. So what that's looked like for me is, has been um, some like part-time work doing a bit of like some, some projects, some consulting um, starting when she was like three or four months and she's nine months now. Um, mm -hmm. And as of two weeks ago, actually um, got, getting part-time help in addition so that I not uh, just like, okay, yeah. put her down for a nap and just start like do working on even, it was right. like not that much work. It was like 10 hours a week of, of work, you know, but it was just, it mm -hmm. felt totally full time because it was on top of yeah. taking care of her. And right. Which is like, more which than is full more time. than full time. Right? So <laughs> like, it was like yeah. every time I put her yeah. down for, or I would wake up early to do a little bit of stuff. And every time I put her down for a nap and after she went to sleep, doing things so even though it was just like mm -hmm. little like slowly chipping away at this kind of small amount of work it it, it was just completely non-stop and really unsustainable and um was leading to just feelings of overwhelm all the time so so this um part-time child care now uh is just everything it's been a real real lifesaver but even still, I, I'm I'm so grateful that I do get I get to spend you know from one thirty p.m. on with her, and I love it, and I and mm -hmm. I I just love it, um, cause she's just awesome, yeah. right? And she's just changing every yeah, day, so and fun. it's so great. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know, you know, I, I've I've had a lot of conversations with friends in Europe and also friends in America about choosing to go back to work and when they choose to go back to work here in Canada um moms have 12 to 18 months of maternity leave so and good. Um, yeah. yes it's so good a lot of jobs pay at least six months of full-time pay during that maternity leave oh, and then huge. after that then the government you know the government pays um uh, some certain amount. I forget what it is. One of my friends here told me, I want to say it's like 500. I'm pretty sure it's 500 a week is like what the government will pay. Mm -hmm. um, all moms, again, 12 to 18 months and, and, and you can choose. If you choose the 18 months, I'm pretty sure you still get the same amount of money of the 12 months. It's just then like spread out for longer. Uh. Um, one of my um, best friends here actually we became friends because her daughter was born the exact same day as Serafina and she lives on the same nice. street <laughs> so yeah, oh, it's, yeah it's kind of bonkers um, she's a lawyer she opted to go back eight months in um, but that was completely her choice right so she could have mm -hmm. you know been out longer so I love that just the freedom of choice to know that she is covered for longer if she doesn't feel like she can go back but she was like no i'm ready to go back i want to go right. back so she went back and and i think that that's such a great thing 
I had a conversation also with um, an Irish woman who's a friend living in America. And she's like, Mm -hmm. so I talked with her the first week she was back at work. um, Three, three, you know, 12, 12 weeks after her daughter was born. And she, I was like, how you doing mama? And she's like, it's really hard. It's too, it's too fast. And she's like, it kills me because I know if I were back home in Ireland, I wouldn't be faced with this, you know, she's like, but we, we choose, we choose to be in the States for yeah. many reasons. Her husband's American and, you know, they, they have chosen to be there. Mm. Right. So she's like, I don't, I don't pity myself, but, um, because it's a choice and it's a great place to be for so many reasons, but this is something that is not, mm. not okay here. Um, and, and no. I agree. I agree with that. So I'm grateful for where I am yeah. right now and for, for this time with Serafina. I agree a hundred percent. I think the U.S. really needs to get its mm-hmm. act together and make some changes with that because now that I've had a baby, I just I, three months is not nearly long enough unless it's your choice, right? Well, yeah. Unless it's your choice to go back, exactly. Right. And like, you kind of don't know unless you've lived it. Because I agree, yeah. before I did, like, yeah. I didn't know. A, I never thought about it. <laughs> no. B, even if I were to think about it, if someone were to hypothetically pose that question to me, I would think three months sounds like enough time. Like three months mm-hmm. is a legitimate amount of time. Right. Um, so, and I think that's the issue with, the, I, you know, the people making those laws and those rules is a lot of them have never had this mm-hmm. experience because they do not have the uh physical makeup i eat they're men right they're, they're <laughs> yeah. men make men making long decisions. story short yes long yes. story short um and so yeah. yeah yeah you don't know unless you've lived it it's one it I is agree. kind of one of those things yeah i feel that um pretty strongly with the whole motherhood pregnancy experiences even people can tell you everything beforehand but until it happens to you you just have no idea And actually, that reminds me of, um, I listened to your podcast episode about, uh, with Jess, um, with, (laughs) about the prenatal yoga. Yeah, Um, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but uh, Jess is someone that I know from Brooklyn as well, too, Um, so that was really cool to hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love what a small world it is. Do you know know. through Brooklyn Yoga Project or through something else? Yeah, well, I had been there, but only through Rebecca, so our- Yes! (laughs) Our friend Rebecca Pepler, shout out if she was ever listening to this. I don't know, but <laughs> she, I mean, she introduced us um, yes, and she, she also introduced me to Jess. So that's how I knew her. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that prenatal yoga class that she did was like great. I was interested because in the episode, she's uh, she had already had her baby and she's talking about you were still pregnant at the time, but she was kind of talking about burnout and just things of like how to kind of prevent that. And it was almost telling you like, these are things you should be aware of. Um, and I was wondering now that you're, you've had your baby, do you, did you kind of take those things on board or was it at the time, like, did it resonate with you at all? You know, cause it's like people tell you things beforehand, but then you don't really realize it till afterwards. And I was curious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, oh, that's such. I'm so glad that you that you listen to that and that you're pointing this out because um, I, I hadn't thought about it, but it definitely it resonates post facto. 
uh, it definitely like, and that actually makes me, you know, I, I was a sponge for information when I was pregnant and, um, I read so much and I listened to so many podcasts Mm. and I talked to so many people and I think you saying this really just brings home the fact that so much of it didn't soak in, I think, that I think yeah. and, and and that it couldn't have. Um right. and it almost makes me want to go back and like re-listen to things and reread yeah. things. Um uh yeah, that's so interesting. You know, I also remember talking to a friend of mine who told me that her having her first kid and that she's now had three kids um her her third um she gave birth to right around the time that i gave birth to seraphina and she said like she attributed a lot of how her kind of professional arc went in a really positive way to the birth Mm -hmm. of her first child and then you know and then second and um but really she found that she was so much more driven. She found a clarity in her work. She, you know, and she, she's like a total rock star. She's creative director for this company in New York city. And Mm -hmm. she just really felt like her career and her aspirations even took off like a rocket ship after she became a mom. And I have to admit that I have like almost been waiting for that feeling, right? This like the the clarity that she described and the kind of like total professional motivation because as an already professionally driven person, Mm -hmm. I have actually found much more confusion after the birth of Serafina. Um, I am still incredibly driven in so many other ways in my life, but actually I've found that the arrival of this bright thought in my life really confusing what I want to do with the working hours of of my day. Um, So in that way, it's been um, those conversations that I had while I was pregnant and like expectations um, have been, have been something that I've been like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not, <laughs> this is not what I expected. Like, and yeah. so I almost, I want to say misleading, but that's not quite the right word, but definitely still figuring yeah. it out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's okay. Give yourself the time. And I, took me a long time I mean I'm still figuring it out as well but I feel like I'm finally going in a direction which is that's really good to hear that's really I'm so happy to hear that yeah and I think um I don't know this is this I (laughs) feel like the mom brain is not good for making a podcast because I never had (laughs) you know like they say you have people get pregnancy brain where you just forget things I never had that but I do get the mom brain where my brain just goes blank and this never used to happen to me. I read a New York Times article about this. I'm, if I am going to try and find it and send it to you also so you can like okay. include on show links or whatever the, or in the yeah. show notes. It was really interesting though. It was talking about the science behind mom brain and that it's kind of a, it's a, it's a thing, but that it's not a bad thing. Right. You know, Cliff Notes version is like, our brains do this 
so that we can keep another human alive. Good thing overall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's more nuanced yeah. than that, but it's nothing to be like, I, I don't know, because mom brain is talked about in kind of a bad way, but it's like, actually, right. we're total rock stars and we're completely incredible and our bodies and our brain are um, working overtime in so many ways. And this is something, this is an incredible way that our brains um, deal with this. And uh, yeah, but definitely. Anyway, I I can relate to what you're saying. Though, yeah. Too, sure. All right. Well, I'll just think of myself as a rock star now. So that's exactly. good. There you go. There you go. Just having a rock star moment. Um, yeah. There it is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> reframe it. Reframe. Yeah. Reframe. So you'd mentioned that you wanted to. You're thinking about pivoting your career. What do you think? Have you had ideas of what you want to pivot to? Uh, I'm so in it still right now. I, um, that I can't say anything with certainty. Um, and that, you know, so much of who I am is creating and, and putting that out there. And so I think that that might still be a part of, I'm not saying like, I'm going to turn my back on what my 15 years thus far of, of, uh, life in media has been, but um, I will say that I'm kind of like, how can I use like my skills and interests and, and kind of make a difference in the world in maybe a different kind of way. And, mm-hmm. um, I have really just started like thinking outside the box in, and even, okay, even in, in terms of what we've already discussed of what motherhood looks like in um america specifically although i think it's kind of the case everywhere but specifically america where it is there's a false narrative there's a myth of um mothers being you know these these people that are you know put on a pedestal and um because it's not true because actually in every practical sense um moms are really kind of discriminated against even if it's just Mm. like casually speaking like oh you have to go pick up your kid from oh it's five o'clock on the dot you have to leave because you have to pick up your kid um that's kind of like can be looked down upon in the in a workplace setting of course whereas dads if like oh nope it's five o'clock i gotta go pick up my kid they're like rock star dads right so this kind of thing um and just like how the system is set up Basically, when I think about what I could do next, I do think about, well, how can I be, a, how can I help with a solution for these things that are, that are on my mind and that I've realized the system's broken? How might I be able to help fix this? So, so I've given a lot of thought to that. Um, and if that means, I don't know, going back to school, um, I've looked at some like public health programs. I've, um, looked at into, you know, like psychology and sociology programs that all, all with this specific issue at the heart of it. I don't know if I'll actually like go down that path at all. It's still very much in the exploratory phase, but, um, I think it's just like you said, you, you live an experience and you suddenly know things that you didn't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, we couldn't have known these things before. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's almost like I, I have a hard time going back to the full-time work and actually more than full-time, right? Because you know you've done it. Like when you're working for yourself, it's just it's a constant thing. Mm -hmm. um, I have a hard time going back to that knowing what I know. Right. About life yeah. and systems right. and right. care and and all yeah. of it. So I'm still that's what I'm that's what I'm chewing on. TBD. I feel like I got chills. <laughs> I just love, I mean, it's just so um, incredible to hear you talk about that and how you've had this kind of inspiration and that you're so motivated to do work to make change and make things better for others. And that's come about because of this new chapter in your life. And I think that's that. Yeah, that's just one of those things you could have never anticipated or planned for. And even if you don't, do anything with it just you know having that um awareness and you know yeah. yeah just being able to support other people going through things you know, just you in go. your daily, daily yeah. life but that's exciting that I think I've gone through a lot of similar things like I was really thinking about going to grad school I mean maybe I still will but I, you know I've just I think when you have a person that you're taking care of and you want to watch them grow and thrive and you want the world that they grew up in to be better than the one that you did right so it's you want to do whatever you can to make a difference. Like I thought about, like maybe I need to go to grad school for climate change. Like I need to fix this so my son can like, you know, I'm just yes. like, how can I make everything better um, so yes. that he has a better world to be in? Yes. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. <laughs> There's a lot there. Yeah. yeah. Just endless. <laughs> uh, well, I know that you will figure it out in time and definitely give yourself grace and at least, you know you have the opportunity to take the time so I think that's yeah really good just to not rush it I need to hear that I need to hear what what you just said so thank you because yeah, I it's... tend to feel like I'm always late <laughs> yeah. well I'm not that far ahead of you but um from my you know long experience of being a mother one year more than you <laughs> no. oh I was gonna talk to you about your other baby that you birthed into this world which is your book <laughs> cheese, oh, cheese yes. when and bread <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yes my other baby yeah and it's so funny because while I was writing that book I'm which it, it was it took like three years um to you know from the beginning to when it actually came out um I definitely was, I use that metaphor all the time. It was like giving birth to a baby. And so now it's so funny. You're like, <laughs> girl, you were not, you were not. <laughs> but, but, but yeah. that being said, it is something that I, it is very near and dear to my heart and that I put a lot of, you know, a lot of my energy and myself and my 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 everything into mm -hmm. and i'm so proud of it um and in that way it is it is my baby and um yeah cheese wine and bread my three favorite things aside yeah, from so good uh yeah <laughs> aside from the other important things in life um of course yeah when i saw it it was coming out i just felt so proud of you <laughs> so exciting and you can Thank definitely you, tell Mari. you've put like your heart and soul into it and just the way you write and all the personal stories you include um it's a really great book so just you know shout Aww, out anyone you, who Mari. wants a book it'd be a great present to anyone who likes cheese wine and bread <laughs> so or sweet. a gift for yourself so i think it's 
if you like travel and food, it'd be a perfect book. Um, Thank you for that shout out. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Do you think, do you anticipate writing any more books or is that something else that you're still figuring out? I would love to. I would love to, but it's something I'm still kind of like chewing on, but I hope so. I hope so. I feel like there's so much more I could talk to you about. Like, I wanted to talk to you about traveling with your daughter. You already went to Italy with her. You t- took her to New York, I saw. Many yeah. Other places, we went, I don't know. Yeah. Just to quickly recap, basically, yeah. travel is something that's, like, important to me and my partner, as it is to you and right. your partner. And um, we really kind of, I think, made a conscious decision. Like, we're going to try to still pick up and do this we don't want to lose this site of of this that feels so important to us just because it becomes logistically more difficult and so we have tried we've made a priority it is harder (laughs) it is harder with her (laughs) but it's also been good and um it's been good experiences thus far and i think we're also lucky that she's she's been a real trooper with us so good experiences thus far that's exciting do you have any big uh or not big plans but things that you'd love to do in the future or places that you would love to take her nothing in the books yet um but uh i i think a big thing for me that we did last year right um before the holidays she was six months old at the time um was taking her back to italy i really wanted to because you know potentially raising her in italy was was something that we really was a thought we entertained for a while so Mm -hmm. um so it's important to me that italy is a part of her life so i'm an i'm an italian dual citizen now and so she also is and um I just want that to be a part of her reality versus just a document that she has. So mm-hmm. um, I'm really glad we got her there um, last year. And it's my goal that we get her there once a year, like in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of a larger life goal of mine that to, right. include, to, to have that be a consistent thing us i love that and it must have been just so exciting to kind of come full circle to the place that you got pregnant with her and bring her back it was she's really lucky to be able to grow up with all those experiences and she's also can be a what did i say international liver (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh she's gonna be an international liver with the best international liver (laughs) hopefully my son will be right there with her it is funny though being um and you know a parent who loves travel because it's like oh no he's gonna want to go everywhere and then I'll never see him again (laughs) this must be what my parents feel which is fair enough that has totally been a thought that's occurred to me I'm like because she's also a Canadian citizen our daughter because she was born here in Canada Mm -hmm. so I'm like with all these passports I'm never gonna see her when she's an adult like yeah (laughs) Uh, what what a gift though that you're able to give her uh, I have just a few questions that I ask every guest. Ooh! Oh, so that's these are the last three wait. questions. Um, and you know what? And I've only done this once before, and my mom brain completely forgot the first question. So <laughs> let me just. <laughs> let me you just, mean your um, rock star brain? <laughs> my rock. Yeah, sorry, my rock star brain. Oh yeah, I remember. Okay. So the first question is, so this question is just kind of for, you know, we've got a 
fill our cup before we can fill our ever others is or whatever that saying is <laughs> so yeah. kind of just um helping to normalize that uh what is one thing that you've done for yourself lately that just made you feel really good yoga class mm. going going to a yoga studio um because i do sometimes do like a yoga class here virtually and it is not the same because i can like hear in the background or whatever yeah. and like mm -hmm. um yeah it's leaving and having a place and a time a space an hour that is just for me where i can just focus on my breath and move my body it's the best, best Ooh, that sounds that sounds really good <laughs> like oh yeah give me that <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's so good <laughs> And then second question, what is a book or a podcast or a movie or something that you have consumed lately that's really resonated with you or had an impact um, kind of on your life? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, I recently started listening to this podcast called Thresholds. Um, it came on my radar because uh, this, this writer and illustrator named Mira Jacob um, his is guest hosting it. And so I follow her and I saw her say, Hey, I'm, I'm guest hosting this. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to listen to her, her first episode that she hosted. She interviewed, um, Chani Nicholas, who's an astrologer who I okay. also follow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was like, Oh, Mira Jacob is interviewing Chani Nicholas. Well, I got to listen to that. And so I listened to it and then I just went down the rabbit hole of like other, uh, other interviews on this. So it's an interview series and the entire concept of it, of it. So it's name, it's called thresholds and it's all about creative people, um, going through something, a threshold as it were, uh, mm -hmm. um, and how that thing yeah, obviously like a big life thing, mm -hmm. whatever it right. might be, how it affected their creative life. Um, uh. So it's, it's quite specific in theme. It doesn't kind of go all over the place. It's like, um, what was this threshold moment for you and how has it impacted you? And um, just really smart people um, in conversation. And I, I love stuff like that. So I've had that in my ears um, uh, recently. I've listened to not maybe half, just half a dozen episodes or not, but, or so, but right. um, I, I've been enjoying it. Wow, that sounds really interesting and definitely relevant to things we've talked about. So I'm interested to Indeed. listen. <laughs> that sounds really yeah. good. Thank you for sharing. And then lastly, I'm making a playlist for anyone who wants to listen, but what is a song that lifts you up? Or that just makes you feel really good. Are you making this playlist public? Because I yes, al I already want. Yes, okay. I mean, great. You're the second person to put a song on, so there will be two <laughs> after your episode. Um, okay. But you can just listen to those on repeat, you know, and feel really good. <laughs> there it is. Okay, yes. Um, the song is a Cat Stevens song, and I am blanking on the name of it. I'm going to Google it really fast, but it. It's like, you can do what uh, you want. Yeah, yeah, I know it. The opportunity is yeah. on. Mm -hmm. You know that yeah, one? Yeah. Would you remember the name of it? No, absolutely um, not. Rocks our brain. This is not, a, uh, not yeah, getting there. Exactly. Yes, I can... um, I'm Googling it really mm. quick because, because the people need to know. Yeah. Oh, if you want to sing out, sing yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. And it, uh, 
is just a happy song that I listen to and actually that I learned how to play on guitar. Oh. And so I'll play that for Serafina oh. and as she like grabs at the strings yeah. and it's, it just makes, it makes me happy. Oh, that's so song. sweet. I love that so much. My son, all he wants to listen to is Wales on the bus. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to learn that, um, but <laughs> anyway, oh, well, thank you so much um, for sharing and for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. For anyone who wants more of Katie, there's a lot of stuff out there that you have that you can consume. Um, the podcast, Keep It Quirky, where you talk about or talk to creatives and entrepreneurs and people who are doing really interesting things with their lives and kind of that process, which is great. You have a lot of episodes that people can listen to and you have your YouTube channel, QKatie, and your Instagram is QKatie. And am I forgetting anywhere else at the moment? Your book. Well, you got the you book. You got it. No, yeah. I think you. I think you covered it all. Thank you again for being here, and it was so good catching up with you. And hopefully, it won't be seven years or something until the next time we talk. I know, and I need to get my booty to New yeah. Zealand too. I've uh, yeah, never yeah, come. So you come, better come. believe I'll be letting you know. Yeah, I, I would love to go do more, <laughs> um, explore Canada a bit more too. So maybe I'll see you over there. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay. We'll see you soon, Mari. Thanks so much for having yeah, me on. This was yeah, a lot yeah, of no, fun. Thank you. Okay. Bye, bye Mari. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Anything that we talked about, like links or social media, will be in the show notes. So check those out there. And if you like the podcast, then please consider leaving a review or a comment. That really just helps get the word out for these uh, new podcasts. All music is from Musicbed. It's a really great music service. If you have a podcast or a YouTube channel or something else where you need music, then I highly recommend it. I use it for all my YouTube videos and it's one of the biggest comments I get is where do I get the music and it's Musicbed. And if you want to try it out for free, then you can use my affiliate link in the show notes. And if you sign up for an annual subscription, then you can use the code BAY, B-A-Y, and get the first month free. That's it. I could run through all the people doing all the different stuff on the production end, but they would all just be me, your host, Mari Johnson. All right. Thanks so much. See you next time. Happy parenting. Happy traveling. Happy outdoorsing. Happy living. Happy being a world liver, if that's what you are. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye.